Spotify. Hello. Thank you for choosing the Lackadaisical Libricubicularist Podcast. Without further delay, here is your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello! Welcome to the Librocube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lackadaisical Librocubicularist. Today, my friends, is ha, Internet Day. Combining Fridays and Internets? Goddamn chocolate and peanut butter like in its deliciousness. Hmm? Something I like to say at the top of every show, with the exception of Fry Internet Days, is a sort of spoiler warning. However, I also say that I don't give spoiler warnings on Fry Internet Days when, when you dig down deep and really examine the thing under a microscope you will realize that that is a sort of spoiler warning in itself. Another thing I like to say is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. No, that is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend, perhaps... You rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes, as that is helps, as that is helps, period, (laughs) as that is what helps others find podcasts. On that note, something I've been meaning to say for a while, and I think a Friday internet day is as good time as any, is that uh, occasionally from time to time I will check out on my Podbean sites, I'll log in and, you know, what have you. The people who host the podcast are called Podbean, is what I'm getting at. Anyways, I'll log in and sort of uh, look at the statistics that they give me. And I think kind of a very interesting one is that a lot of the people who listen to this podcast appear to be from California. So, potentially as many as half of my listeners are in the state of California. And I thought that was kind of interesting. I guess if you're in California, you're like, what the hell's going on up there in Canada? crazy bastards. I want to hear some things of one of them talking. Mm, yeah, that's a theory. Or, the other theory is, uh, people in California have had access more often to podcasts. I, I don't mean that have access, just sort of know about them and have known about them for longer than people, I think, anywhere in the world. So that's kind of interesting. Podcasts, uh, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of originated from there. Like, uh, if you look at, say, Mark Marin, for example, sort of as your prime example, podcasting grew up around the entertainment biz, and entertainment is busiest in its business in California. So, uh, sort of stands to reason. So, with that being said, I want to say hello, Californians. Thank you for listening and presumably passing podcasts around like doobies. Doobie, doobie, doobies. Very, very much appreciated. No joke. A very rare occasion where I've had to cut in to a podcast, as I am doing right now while speaking these words, but I forgot the sponsor, which is ungoddamn forgivable. Today's sponsor is the Anti-Scarecrow Crow Repellent Force Field. Once again, today's sponsor is the Anti-Scarecrow Crow Repellent Force Field. Thank you to them. 
I did not forget you. Hmm. Today I have many, many items, so what I should do is hop into them. Feet first. Not head first. I'm not a maniac. Item of the first is normal difficulty. Yeah, these I've brought back a handful of times, but uh, they're getting really, re well, I shouldn't say they're getting really good. If you are unfamiliar with normal difficulty, what it is, is a man by the name of Matt will post videos on his YouTube channel in which he, and usually he and a bunch of his friends, will be playing video games and funny things will be happening. Uh, my favorite ones are always where he plays a scary game in sort of a dark room and screams like a 11 and a half year old girl. However, what has also sort of jumped into one of my favorites most recently is him playing uh, Grand Theft Auto Online. Uh, I, I have spoken of in quite a number of her video game days that uh, online video game playing is not something that I participate in on a regular basis. Uh, when I do play video games online, I do have fun, but it's not something that sort of calls to me, and I could, if, if I never did it again, I probably wouldn't lose too much sleep. I'm more of a single-player game type guy for, for very many reasons that I've gone in before and will not go into here. However, that being said, uh, watching Matt and folk play Grand Theft Auto Online wants me, makes me want to sort of go back and revisit this because it looks like so very, very much fun. I did do a little bit of it, maybe three hours total, something like that, and it was pretty fun. But uh, the fun I am seeing being had by these folk is much higher than the fun that I did have which makes me think that I was just playing with the wrong people. It is extreme chaos. Just some of the most chaotic craziness I have ever seen in a video game happening on your screen with many people playing together. So that's kind of a cool thought and something interesting just to watch this chaos flow throughout the city. Uh, sort of controlled chaos, but chaos nonetheless. <laughs> Matt and friends have this thing. It's almost like they're a gang. Yeah, they're kind of gang-like, and he's sort of the ringleader of this gang. One of the things they do is uh, you have the ability to choose, and this is something that was in the Saints Row games as well, to choose a sort of uh, gang sign, <laughs> let's call it. Yeah, yeah, let's call it that. That makes sense. Uh, the gang sign that Matt and gang has chosen to do is uh, to pretend to be masturbating. Uh-huh. That is their gang sign. The other uh, one they sometimes use is giving the finger. That's uh, a little less gang signy and more just sort of signy. But uh, it's funny when you see, you know, ten players all just sort of standing around pretending to be off. Ah, <laughs> uh, good stuff. Uh, another sort of point to illustrate their gang-like playing is that uh, at one point Matt was in a fire truck and it was pretty much shot to shit, all the tires were flat, and it was stuck. However, with the aid of his, I think we could call him minions perhaps, uh, who got in cars behind the fire truck and started pushing it along, he managed to escape to safety. So it was a little teamwork, uh, and I like that in a online experience, and that's part of the reason why I don't often partake in the online-ness, because it's always just people not being nice, for the most part. <laughs> Another thing that 
again, I just keep calling it a gang, because I, I think that's kind of accurate. They'll uh, usually, not always, usually just walk around with motorcycle helmets on, regardless of what they're doing, regardless if they're anywhere near a motorcycle, they'll have their helmets on. Safety first! And uh, two final things I have in my little notepad here. <laughs> At one point, uh, you could hear this guy yelling, Catch me, Matt! Catch me, Matt! And had no idea what that meant, until you see on the screen, apparently, he skydived from a plane or helicopter and tried to land on Matt's car unsuccessfully and took a nice bounce off the sand. <laughs> that was good. Another one was uh, Matt was hit by a NPC, not a playable character, from the game, and uh, had to chase him down with the help of others to get his revenge. So, very, very amusing, and the sort of overall kind of color commentary is what makes me go back for more. If it was just guys sitting around playing, I probably wouldn't, but uh, Matt is a funny dude, and uh, something that I very much appreciate is the pun. Not as many puns I find in when he's playing uh, Grand Theft Auto so far, it's, which, which is a shame, because I love a good pun. And, you know what? I love a bad pun as well. Okay, so I'll uh, just leave that behind by saying, certainly check it out. It is worth a watch. We'll move on to Vsauce. Vsauce, which we love spreading on the Liberal Cube every once in a while. This one uh, is a bit of a downer, but uh, they can't all be kooky facts. Sometimes they got to be upsetting facts. This one was titled Cruel Bombs. Hmm. So automatically you're going to think atomic bomb, and that is just what we're talking about. I think the sort of my worst takeaway from this, and bugs me, is that the odds of you and I dying in a nuclear accident or explosion or radiation leak, what have you, are one in a million. So, you know, that's pretty good, right? Uh, yeah, it's pretty good, but when you consider and they also threw this out, the fact that the odds of you dying in a plane crash are one in 40 million, it makes it <laughs> less exciting, less less not nerve-wracking, let's say. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, kind of shitty. It's shitty buzz, man. Obviously, if he's talking atomic bombs, he did some uh, touched on Japan and uh, Nagasaki and Hiroshima, of course. And he points out that... The amount of uranium in, I believe it was Hiroshima, and the bomb dropped on Hiroshima, was equivalent to the weight of a dollar bill, and killed 80,000 people and wiped out two-thirds of the city. So that is just... I don't even know what to say of that. The fact that human beings have that power at their disposal is terrifying. It's terrifying. There's no sort of other ifs, ands, or buts about it. That is terrifying. And uh, he also went on to speak of the odds of accidents happening, and the fact that one almost did in 1963. And this is another sort of super, super scary, oh my god, we got lucky sort of thing. In 1963, in North Carolina, a plane carrying nuclear weapons crashed, and there was one sort of fail-safe device within this bomb that did not fail, 
There were many fail-safes. All of them failed with the exception of this little one. It was almost as, as if uh, a flick of a switch could have caused this bomb to go off. If this bomb had gone off, it would have totally wiped North Carolina off the face of the map, turning it basically into a lake. Because I suppose water would have rushed into the giant hole that was where North Carolina used to be. So that is fucked up. And that was just the flick of a switch. Could have gone the other way. Just freaking mind-boggling. And again, horrifying. He light, or he lighted. He ended on a kind of sort of, kind of sort of lighter note. And that was, um, oh shit, I forget who he was speaking of. Uh, he was quoting a famous scientist. A famous scientist whose name I did not write down for reasons of the name curse. Ah, uh, the name curse. Anyways, the famous scientist talked about keys. And an example of a key would be the Titan rocket. The Titan rocket, which has been used for several things. One, it has been used for taking human beings into space. And B, it has been used to, uh, uh, to deliver nuclear bombs. So, the key is the rocket itself. The door that it opens is going to depend on which door we put it into. So, a very, very interesting way to look at it. And that's always kind of a, a underlying science thought, that uh, the science itself is neither good nor evil. It is what humans do with it that can be good or evil. Hmm, very, very interesting, and I goddamn love it! Love it so much, we're going to move on, huh? Yeah, we're going to. I'm trying to fit uh, much in today. I'm getting close to work, so I think I have time for one more. And it is Revision 3. The good people over at Revision 3 posting videos like a motherfucker. They must be busy over there, those people. Just in a constant state of putting up content. Free content. It's sort of mind-boggling. One of my favorites, and I'm pretty sure I haven't brought it back yet, is something they do called Casual Friday. In which, usually three of them, Adam Sessler and two others, this seems to be the case so far of everyone I have seen, will uh, sit around, shoot the shit, and seemingly have a couple of beers, a couple of drinks, a couple of wobbly pops. So in this episode, they talked about what are their uh, video game reviewing rituals. So that makes sense, and it's something I never thought of. When you're... When great sort of swaths of your life involve the playing of video games for the purposes of reviewing them, you have to presumably have ways in which you go about that. Rituals, if you will. Uh, since, I suppose technically, I am a video game reviewer in the sense that I have a podcast on video games days in which I talk and give video games ratings, uh, I very much like this. Yeah, uh, and I sort of have some of these of my own. One that they all sort of mentioned is sit and play and take notes, <laughs> which I guess is sort of an obvious one, but uh, yeah, that's that's what I do. Uh, these poor bastards, because they're doing this for a living, and I do it for both shits and gigs, ha have to sometimes fit a crazy amount of playing out games into a short amount of time. And as much as I love video games, I think potentially having to do that would ruin the experience and sour me on video games. I don't know how it wouldn't. 
for example, they spoke of uh, having to play from 8 in the morning to midnight for a couple of days in a row at least. And that's just mind-boggling. I, I, I don't think I would be able to do that. I, I don't know. Maybe I could, but I don't know. They said at points like that, they curse the length of video games. Yeah, it makes sense. Adam Sessler, and I've heard him mention this a couple of times when he has to sort of have marathon sessions, he'll get a bowl of nuts... He'll get a bowl of berries that he can sort of munch on throughout his playing. He'll wake up in the morning, have steak and eggs for breakfast to really get the, the brain going and get some some energy into him. And this is a man who's been doing this for decades. Yeah, I do believe decades. So he knows his shit. They spoke of putting on their favorite pajamas. Uh, I play predominantly in uh, shirt and boxer shorts. So yeah, that makes sense. No shower. <laughs> One of the guys says, uh, oh shit, I didn't write down his name. Name curse again. One of the guys said he, when he has to really get into it, doesn't shower. And that's kind of gross. I always feel gross if I don't uh, have at least one shower a day. Tara mentioned that something she likes to do is wait until she's completely done playing the game before she starts writing her review. Which, uh, yeah, I suppose that makes sense, because uh, things are going to change, your perspective may change once you've made it to the end of the game, yeah. I get it. Uh, the guy whose name I did not write down, mm -hmm. yes, he mentioned that uh, quite often he will not eat either, so no showering and no eating. And I find when I have a game that I'm really, really, really getting into, I will forget to eat. Like, I'll get up, I'll start playing, and then before I know it, it's like dinner time, and I forgot to have breakfast and lunch. It doesn't happen often, but it does happen, and uh, I call it the video game diet. Mm -hmm. Which sort of brings me to my main, what I suppose you could call a video game rit ritual from my point of view, and that is when I get a new game, and a new game that I sort of know is going to be something right up my alley, like The Last of Us, which I'm currently playing. Ooh, why not? give a little tease for probably, possibly, maybe next week I will have my uh, discussion of The Last of Us on my video games day. Hopefully, anyway. Anyways, um, when I have a game like that that I know I'm about to play, I always try to start it on a Saturday morning. And the reason I do that is to get the absolute most amount of gameplay in, completed in my first setting. Because I find that really... If anything's going to pull you in, it's going to be in that first playthrough. So to try to get through as much as possible and really just immerse yourself from Saturday morning until the afternoon is a, is a good way to go about doing that. So there you go. There's my ritual. How about, right before I get to work, get a little audience participation. If you have any video game playing rituals, please tweet them at me. I am Jordan underscore Maywood. I would love to... A hear from you. Hmm. That will leave one final thing to, sort, to say before I go in and do eight hours of work and then meet you back here for some more, and that is, of course... Oh. My. God. Look at her butt. I'm a fool to do your dirty working, working, working. And we're back. We are back! We are back! We are back! We are back! Back. We are back! Back in action! Hello, my baby! Hello, my honey! Hello, my girl. You let my heart on fire! You are my only desire! 
If you would choose me, and I could lose me, and so that's fine, I said, I'm I obviously do not know the words to that singing frog song thing, but uh, if you have a chance, I recommend either if A, you have not seen it, you're in for a treat, if B, you have seen it, you're still in for a goddamn treat. Uh, probably if you Google or YouTube's singing frog from Looney Tunes, you can hear him sing that song, and it is a delight. A goddamn delight. And that, my friends, is something from the interwebs, which, considering this is a fra internet day, is, uh, you know, fitting in the theme of things. I didn't have that in my notes, I didn't mean to talk about that, I just suddenly broke into song, as you do from time to time, inexplicably, on a fra internet day. I should, though, move back into my notes by talking about my next item, which is... Well, that belch is sort of in line with my next item for the reason that it is epic mealtime. And I can't imagine, or perhaps I do imagine, that the gentlemen over at epic mealtime, after consuming their creations, are going to be belching. Much, much belching will go on. Shitting? Belching? Farting? Grumbling of bellies? Perhaps? Potentially vomiting? Hmm, wow. Really, really good. I'm glad they don't have behind-the-scenes action too much on this. Epic mealtime. Uh, I'm a sort of a late finder of this. Uh, I knew about it for many years, but I didn't know until a couple of months ago that it was actually funny. I thought it was just a bunch of meatheads cooking meat heads. But no, uh, it's actually super goddamn hilarious, so I have hopped on Epic Mealtime Wagon, which is a bunch of dudes cooking insane things where the sort of caloric count could and would, I do believe, kill a small child if they were to eat it. And perhaps an adult as well in a lot of the cases. Maybe not in this case. This was more a themed episode in which they made a scarecrow out of fast food. A fast food scarecrow, if you will. Uh, one thing I didn't like about this, and that is just the fact that I've never seen them resort to this tactic, and that was the, the sort of uh, main frame of this life-size scarecrow was made out of wood. What? Think. I'm fairly certain. At least every other one I have seen, 90% of the, let's call them ingredients going into the creations, have been edible. Whereas this one, a lot of it was just wood. <laughs> and although we are not beavers, and may potentially like eating beaver, uh -huh, uh -huh, uh, you can't eat wood, people. Giant 2x4s, it's just not advisable. This was sort of a Halloween theme, as you... I suppose can imagine with the whole scarecrow thing, and uh, these guys, epic mealtime folk, hooked up with another YouTube channel, a YouTube channel that I guess does like uh, cosplay and costumes and things like that. So all the guys were dressed up as X Men, which was uh, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. Pretty goddamn hilarious. I, because I never do write down names. I've not written down any of their names, but the main bearded gentleman 
who is sort of the ringleader and the speaker for the rest, who I've heard on podcasts, and I think that's how I kind of came along this, heard this guy in a podcast and thought, hey, this is not just a meathead cooking meat. This is a, a funny, funny dude cooking meat. So uh, that's what brought me over, was listening to him speak funnily. He was dressed as Professor X, as you do when you're the ringleader of a group of people. All right? You got yourself a Wolverine, as you do, a Nightcrawler, uh, which let them break out a little bit of the uh, special effects to have them pop in and out. <laughs> High budget. Well, uh, they probably do have a bit of a budget, just for the reason that Epic Mealtime is one of the most watched uh, video series, YouTube channels on, well, YouTube. So uh, I imagine they're making some money off their ads and what have you. You got yourself a Gambit, mm -hmm, Nightcrawler, I said. And then, to round it all out, and they've done this in the last handful of episodes, I do believe, they had some girls. Yeah. In this case, scantily clad uh, X-Men and things, super heroines. What was the last one? They had scantily clad pirates. Hmm. Scantily clad, you can't go wrong with these beautiful, beautiful women. Uh, as far as the scarecrow grows, a lot of um, nailing tacos. Uh-huh. A lot of jokes involving nailing tacos. Hmm. Got some burgers and burritos nailed to this wood. Uh, as far as this scarecrow's ability to scare crows, I'm going to have to give it a zero. Yeah, if anything, this scarecrow will attract crows. So that's really not what you want in a scarecrow. Zero for scarecrow making abilities. These guys. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be uh, so hypercritical about it, but just poor, poor scarecrow making skill. All right, so one more time, move into my last and final item, which is also actually Halloween themed, which I did not plan, but uh, just kind of in the days and weeks around Halloween, a lot of the internet's content turns towards the October 31st date. So I was exposed to a lot of it, and I guess by necessity, I'm going to bring some back to the Libra Cube. It goes without saying. Well, it won't go without saying because I'm going to goddamn well talk about it. So, there. Uh, right now I'm talking about a podcast. One of my favoritest of all podcasts called Comedy Bang uh, Bang. Sometimes it's referred to as Comedy Bing Boing. Which I actually, I think I like that name better. And for the purposes of their Halloween edition called Comedy Fang Fang. Uh, that will be the perfect opportunity for me to do my scary noise, which I will commence right now. Scary noise completed. Uh, for Scott Ackerman, host of Comedy Bang Bang, for his guest on this Halloween edition, he had Steve Yoon from Well Walking Dead. So, that uh, makes a logical kind of sense, and I like a logical kind of sense. Steve Yoon, uh, who I've heard on quite a number of podcasts now, is uh, actually very, very funny. So there you go. 
Just on the Walking Dead note, I feel I should mention that uh, I was gung-ho, watched the first season, and I do believe the second season, if not most of the second... Yeah, yeah. I did watch the first and second season as they aired. didn't watch them on the actual television, as I don't have a cable box, but watched them on, like, streaming sites. However, uh, it kind of, and this may shock and appall people, it kind of wasn't it, wasn't doing it for me. I think, in fact, I, I could even say I know, that I will eventually pick up where I left off, but I have a feeling that this is a show that is perfectly suited for binge-watching, and uh, binge-watching has kind of ruined me for shows such as this. Shows like this, Breaking Bad, uh, Mad Men, these are all shows that, as a lover of television and quality television, I should technically be watching, but I kind of don't have it in me to do so with that wait every week, and then some weeks it's not on, and literally years to finish a television program. Whereas binge-watching, you just get so, so very much more into it. Uh, it's unlike, it's, it's almost like two totally different experiences, the watching of it every week as it airs and watching it all in, not one sitting, because that's, you know, ridiculous, but uh, consuming them in great swaths, let's say. Two very, very different animals. Uh, which is why perhaps I can watch comedy shows like uh, Modern Family and Parks and Rec. I watch them weekly, and uh, that's fine. It's, I think it's where the story is ever-changing and ongoing that you kind of need to, to binge-watch to get the full effect. The full effect! Anyways, that was a bit of a tangent that I did not plan to go into. More of a TV tangent when you think about it. However, Steve Young has brought it out in me. Also there was a cast of kooky and crazy characters, as you do on comedy Fang Fang. Uh, there will be, and this is a sort of normal formula for the show, if you could call this show normal at all, and that is uh, Scott Ackerman will have one actual, factual, real guest in the, co in the case this time of Steve, and then he'll have, uh, you know, one, two, or more crazy characters, which uh, usually, and my favorite ones are where it's someone pre pretending to be someone else, uh, easy, easy for me, my favorite is Cake Boss, Cake Boss, so they'll have, uh, going a little behind the curtains here, I believe it's Paul F. Tompkins, yeah, I'm fairly certain that's who it is, pretends to be, uh, you know, Cake Boss, Cake Boss, from the television show Cake Boss, Cake Boss. In this case, all the guests were spookily inclined. <laughs> Scott Ackerman, just before I get in, my very first note here says, G -g 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 ghosts <laughs> I friggin' love it when he does that. And he sometimes it, it won't be on a, it won't necessarily be in a Halloween themed episode, but basically whenever Scott Ackerman says the word ghosts, he will always say it, ghosts, like from Scooby-Doo. And every single time he has done this, I have laughed. So, thank you for that. Uh, okay, so their first fake guest was Dr. Trangio. I think I may have written that down wrong. See, even when I do remember to write down names, I write them down wrong. <laughs> but that's okay, because it doesn't really matter. Dr. Trangio, yo, 
was the creator, inventor, and man behind... Uh, Creepies! Uh, this was an example where I think certain people who are not exposing themselves to huge, huge, just metric shit-tons of comedy on a daily basis, like I do, might find this annoying. But... The fact that this Dr. Trihangiotios repeatedly over the course of this hour and a half interview kept <laughs> kept saying, oh, I, don't, I can't do it as well as he did. Creepies! In such a way that many people, I assume, could find annoying. But I think people within the comedy realm, people who enjoy comedy on a daily basis will find at first funny and then edge towards the possibility of annoying and then for the rest of it find hilarious. It's what you call, quite often call, a callback. Although a callback that goes on throughout the entire episode is mm, may not deserve that distinction. The creepies in question were his sort of Frankenstein-like creations. However, for some reason, he had created them, them, and this is plural, in the shape and form of classic movie monsters. And when, apparently, when this doctor says classic, he means from Frankenstein to the Swamp Thing, all the way up to the 90s with Chucky, Jason Voorhees. And the other thing he inexplicably did, was they were only three feet tall, his creations, his monstrous creations. And um, they didn't have voice boxes, so they so they couldn't talk back. Hmm. You know, makes sense to me, makes sense to me. Uh, and the thing about the Chucky one is the actual real Chucky is not three foot tall, so he was in his creepies form larger than in his actual form. Very interesting. Yeah, a little uh, behind the scenes into the brain of a maniac who creates three-foot-tall versions of quote-unquote classic movie monsters. Is what that is. Is what that is. Next he had on, Scott Ackerman, that is, another guest in the form of Dicula. <laughs> that is combining the word dyke, which is not a very nice word, with the name Dracula to indicate that she is a uh, lesbian vampire named Dicula. Hmm. <laughs> uh, she was good. Yeah. Had, had the accents going pretty good. She was 427 year old, years old. Something you should know about uh, Dicula is that she's never killed a human being. Hmm. It's pretty, uh, pretty good of her, actually. So uh, an ice vampire? Yeah, I guess you would say that. How has she managed to suck the blood from human beings to sustain her over these 427 years without puncturing their necks and killing them? How would this lesbian vampire do go about doing this? Well, she um, only eats period blood. I uh, went ahead there and left a longer than normal pause to indicate 
my shock, awe, and comedic laughter-ness. Oh, boy. So, uh, you know, we checked in with her. You know what? This is kind of a perfect opportunity to mention. And uh, I don't actually remember this from last year, but I suppose it holds true that uh, this is my first drive home after work recording of a podcast where it's dark. It's dark to the point where my notes are very, very difficult to see. So that will screw some things up for the next little while, potentially, which is not great. I suppose I could push a light on, but uh, that's not very safe. And I try to be safe, despite reading notes, driving home in the dark. <laughs> yeah. Point form, point form notes. Hmm. Next guest he had on was Leo Carpezzi. Leo Carpezzi was the original writer of the sh- the song of the song Monster Mash, that Halloween favorite. However, his sort of original OG version was called the Monster Fuck. That right there was a similar pause to the one I made after revealing that Dicula ate only period blood. That was a very similar pause, similar in nature. So apparently three years ago, this same uh, Leo Carpezzi visited the studio of Mr. Scott Ackerman for Halloween and sang his original version of the monster fuck. He decided to come back these three years later and sing his new song titled Monster Fuck 2. Apparently, it turns out, and I don't recall if I was listening to this podcast three years ago and heard this. May or may not have been. Anyways, it turns out that what he did, the sly little devil, is uh, basically sing the exact same song he sang three years ago, with the exception of uh, when he said the monster fuck, he would say the monster fuck too. It's a graveyard fuck. Oh boy. Uh, I want you, you know what, I bet something similar to my Googling of the frog singing song. Uh, if you were to Google the Monster Fuck song, Comedy Bang Bang, you may be lucky enough to find a version of the Monster Mash that will stay with you for the rest of your life. Folks, I did the work for you and uh, looked it up, and I'm going to play it right now. Why am I doing this? Why am I doing extra, extra, extra? editing in this episode well a little behind the scenes action as i'd like to throw out from time to time i recorded this fra internet day episode on a tuesday (laughs) so i I had quite a bit of time to uh, play around with it so uh me having extra time to play around with episodes means you'll get things like the creebies as well as the song which i'm going to play right now in a moment. Here we go. I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight for my monster from his slab began to rise and suddenly to my surprise his trousers dropped right to the floor with his bottom bare he ran to the door I said Frankenstein what's gotten into you he said my dick is hard and I need to screw he did the fuck he 
did the monster fuck. The monster fuck. It was a graveyard fuck. He did the fuck. That monster sucked and fucked. He did the fuck. He did the monster fuck. From my laboratory, I heard quite the racket. Deep in the castle, the vampires jacked it. The zombies all fucked in the graveyard grass. Wolfman wolfed down Frankenstein's ass. They did the monster fuck. The monster fuck. It was a graveyard fuck. They did the fuck. Those monsters sucked and they fucked. They did the fuck. They did the monster fuck. Oh, the beasts all fucked as the orgy spread. Bigfoot gave the headless horseman head. Swamp thing jerked off in the castle moat. While Dracula gagged from the jizz in his throat. The fucking was wet. There was spooch like mad. Igor decided to fuck his own dad. The mummy let out a horny moan. When Medusa's bare tits turned his dick to stone. They did the fuck. They did the monster fuck. The monster fuck. It was a graveyard fuck. They did the fuck. Those monsters sucked and fucked. They did the fuck. They did the monster fuck. Oh, but Frankenstein's bride was the biggest slut. Dracula got balls deep in her butt. She got titty fucked by a giant spider. Jizz made the streaks in her hair much whiter. She fucked every monster, come one, come all. Her three holes were filled like a bowling ball. And while monsters all fucked his undead bride, Frankenstein just jacked off and cried. Now you should monster fuck. The monster fuck. And do the graveyard fuck. The monster fuck. Those monsters sucked and fucked. Now you should fuck. Now you should monster fuck. One now more time. Now you should monster fuck. The monster fuck. And do the graveyard fuck. The monster fuck. Those monsters sucked and they fucked. Now you should fuck. Now you should monster fuck. The monster fuck. The monster fuck. Get the fuck out of here. Well, that's uh, the original version of that song. What I would, would highly recommend is listen to this Comedy Bang Bang episode I am speaking of right in moments, hence, forth, huh? And uh, listen to the version two and that whole Halloween episode. Back to my episode of this podcast. This is episodes within episodes within episodes. Pretty fucked up. Pretty... Hot top. Toodles. Is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? It is a thing, and there's no desi- denying it. No denying it. I think because my notes are no longer legible because of the darkness of the sky, and because I am just about at home, I'm going to wrap this baby up. Yeah, wrapped up. I will wrap it up by saying, as I do once or twice or 200 some odd times now, that it is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. No, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you.